Welcome to the Rock Believe Yourself podcast. My name's Joanne. I'm going to be joined by Ross this month as we talk about the new Biffy Clyro album. Uh, so I take it there's probably no reason to really ask how you've been because it's probably the same as last time. <laughs> yep, just working just, and just nothing things. else. <laughs> Finding yeah, new like, music, that's essentially it. Uh, yeah, we're going to just be doing the Biffy Clyro album this month just because life's been pretty hectic for me over the last month. <laughs> so I've not like I've listened to music, but not to the extent of what I normally do. So what I think we're going to do like going forward is... We're still going to do this podcast, but we're going to maybe try and get back into writing a wee bit as well, just depending on how things go with that. Not making any promises, but like hopefully just kind of getting back into the swing of that a wee bit, just so that we're not leaving that like empty for months and months, <laughs> and months until gigs maybe come back like next year. Next year, we're lucky. Yeah, I hope we get at least small gigs, you know, like tiny gigs where there's like t- 10 people. That's still better than nothing, but... Who knows? It's going to be weirder for the metal ones, considering that we're used to just sort of like running about the place, and now we're probably yeah. just going to have to stand in one spot and not move. <laughs> I don't even think you would have. I think you would need to sit. I think that's how they're going to have it. Is either you have, you have to sit, or it's like ten people and you have to stand two meters from each other. God, that's going to suck. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's why I'm hoping that we don't have like big gigs soon, because imagine seeing like going to the I don't know the barras and having to sit. It'd just be like, oh, it'd just be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, at least we do have albums still, even if they have been postponed like this one was. I'm pretty sure this album was supposed to come out in like, what was it, April or something? And mm. then it got postponed to August. So Biffy Clyro is their ninth or eighth album, depending on whether you categorise the soundtrack album as part of the discography. Um, I would say it's their eighth album, but some people have been saying it's the ninth. Mm. It's called Celebration of Endings and it was out on the 14th of August. Kind of giving a wee bit of context as to why we're both reviewing this as opposed to me just like writing a massive review or just speaking at myself for like half an hour. You actually like Biffy Clyro. <laughs> you say that like, with like surprise. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you 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 did say that people might be surprised because yeah, you know, that's about metal. <laughs> That's very true, actually. But to be fair, I kind of got into them before. I was kind of like into extreme metal, so they've kind of just stayed with me. I think if I listened to them now and I hadn't listened to them before, I probably wouldn't like them, but I've still got a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same, but I'm more into just different stuff. But uh, mm. yeah, like, when did you get into them? I take it it would have been on Only Revolutions or Opposites or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Because I think um, at the time, it was the time when basically I just got all of the music that I wanted off of Kerrang! And they used to just yeah. play mount- mountains like all the yeah. time. But then my uncle actually bought the CD and I was in the car with him and I think I listened to the full thing and I ended up just getting into it. Yeah, uh, I was I was the same. Mountains was the first song I heard, so it would have been only Revolutions. Mm-hmm. But then I just like went back and got pretty much like listened to all of their stuff. I know there's people out there that go like, oh, I only like the early stuff or I only like the later stuff, but I kind of just like all of it. Well, most of it. I'm kind of a weird one because I've only really listened like back to puzzles and like the first album and that's it. I've not, I've not actually listened to like Infinity Land or anything like that. <laughs> oh, like that stuff is so mental. Like I can see why people don't like anything past the first like three albums, but it's it's so good. But I'm like I'm one of these people that I can basically listen to all of it, but sometimes I'm just in the mood to listen to like the later stuff or the early stuff that's just. Mm. off the wall like they're like two different bands but <laughs> I, I just think they're good at doing both uh, things really so I'm basically like a, I'm a mark for Biffy Clyro so 
that's how it was kind of a disappointment to me that I didn't like Ellipsis, like the last album that was out in 2016. It was very... Like, I did, I liked it at first, right? Mm -hmm. But then after, like, a few months with it, I just kind of realised it was kind of flat. It was kind of radio, not radio friendly, but it was very safe. Like, Bifflower were a bit weird. (laughs) Even when they're big and Hmm. very stadium rock, they're also weird and they're also kind of quirky. But that album, it still had moments of it, but it was very brief moments. Like, you had blast beats on, was it Helix or Helix? I can never remember what the name is. There was a song on Ellipsis that had blast beats for literally like five seconds and then it disappears. <laughs> like, like if they'd have just done kind of more weird stuff on that album, I think it would have been better. So like for me, coming off of Ellipsis, I was kind of going, oh, is this band any good anymore? But obviously the soundtrack album last year was almost at the top of my top 20 of the year, if it hadn't been for Slipknot. Um, <laughs> I know that you'd, I don't know if you listen to it much, but I did uh, give it a couple of lessons because I ended up seeing the movie, but I don't uh, know. I just maybe it was trash. <laughs> there was just like a couple of tracks. Like I think it was just I think only like all second, all dancing and different kind of love were the only ones that kind of stuck with me. But that was kind of it. Yeah, I mean, it is very much like a soundtrack album where there's tracks that are kind of interludes almost, like just instrumental tracks. Um, and then you've got the other songs that are basically they could be on an album or a B-side album, which for Biffy Clyro, their B-side albums generally can be even better than the studio albums. I don't know if you've went in on any of the B-side albums, but they uh, can I be... Think, what was the one? There was one that had, the, was it like Thunder Monster or something like that? I remember listening oh, to that. Oh, that was, the, that was um, on The Last uh, Opposites. It would have been the last B-Sides album they did, basically. Uh, what was that called? Similarities? Ah, that was it, Yeah. It was... Yeah, they just... They put... They write so much music that a lot of their weirder stuff doesn't go onto the album. It goes on to, like, B-Sides, and they're really good. <laughs> so, like, um, Balance Not Symmetry kind of felt like that to me a wee bit. It was, like, B-Sides mm-hmm. to Ellipsis, but they were completely different. It's kind of like Opposites, just kind of, like, just throwing, like, a bunch of stuff on and just seeing if it works. But in the case of Opposites, it did work that time, I thought. Yeah. They, like, they had... They kind of threw everything at opposites and some people didn't like it because it was too much. Like, mm-hmm. some stuff felt like a bit filler or just, you kind of just put this here just for the sake of making it a double album as opposed to making really good songs. But I, I find opposites really good as well. But I think over time, like, some of the songs on it, I've got about, like, fed up of them just because mm-hmm. I've listened to them that much. But yeah, it's still like a really good album. But like, going into, going into this one, I was kind of like, oh, Balance Not Symmetry was so good. I, I hope that they can keep it up on this one. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so the first single, I know you don't really listen to singles that much before the albums come out, which is a good move. I should do that, but I don't. Um, that's I did. I listened to Instant History, which was the first single that came out before this, and it was not what it was not really what I wanted to be hearing as a first single. And it was pretty deliberate, I think, for the band. I think they just put it out because it was so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, Instant History is probably the kind of most poppy song they've ever written like it's so it's very synth driven like they've done synth kind of stuff before but this has like the synth right at the front and everything else kind of at the back well other than the vocals yeah it's just yeah it's it's one of those songs it's one of those songs i feel like i shouldn't enjoy it back but on like my fifth lesson like this morning i found myself like sticking along to it and i was like what am i doing (laughs) yeah i mean like it's it's one of those songs that seems like it's designed to be catchy and it's designed to be on the radio, but, and it is catchy to some extent, but it's not very good. Like, you know, you get pop songs that are catchy, but they, you just, you think they're bad. As in, mm. like, they get into your head, but you don't actually really, the song isn't that good. It's just, 
a pop song, basically. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's like disposable. It's t- yeah, it's tailored to kind of be that way and you kind of feel that. Yeah, like it's, Instant History is probably the one one of the only songs in their whole catalogue that I feel like is slightly cynical. It slightly feels like it's designed to be that way as opposed to them wanting to write something that way. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, the whole song, I find it a bit crap, to be honest. <laughs> I think what's weird about it is that the production on it makes it worse for me. Like, I've heard live versions of it since, and when they play it live, it's a lot better. Like, the... Mm. The guitars are more like higher up in the mix. Um, they sound more like you know, like they're there. <laughs> like on in the recorded version, it, you can hear the guitars, but they're so low that you can almost not hear them. It's like that synth line is is above almost everything else. The drums, it's like this kind of weird hollow kind of electronic sound that I just it's it's just not like it's so sim- like a simple song that isn't just doesn't really do anything for me. I think it's a bit naff, really. Yeah, um, it's a bit too radio friendly, I think. Yeah, like I wrote down, I thought it was quite, like, I can say this because, well, we can both say this because we're Scottish. It's like a deep fried version of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> I was actually thinking of Imagine Dragons. When, it's got that type of chorus, that, yeah. it's like a kind of like yeah. bland, cat, but bland but trying to be catchy chorus. Like it's weird. Ra- radioactive. Yeah, exactly. It's like very <laughs> electronic, kind of minimalist, but also trying to be as big as possible. Which is yeah. weird, but yeah, it just that that didn't that really didn't indicate much to me. I was like, oh, please don't have this album being all like this, <laughs> which was kind of silly for me to assume, I suppose, because Biffy have never really done anything a full album of one thing. So when they brought out the next single, which was End of, mm-hmm. which was obviously completely different, I was like, oh, okay, okay, this album's going to be like it's going to have different stuff on it, which was good. End of, oh, uh, yeah, End, end of, of is one of the ones I liked the most actually. Yeah, End of is. Definitely, like I think it's probably my favorite track on the whole album, uh, which is weird for a single. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's kind of like Puzzle era Biffy Clyro to me. It sounds a bit like mm. is it called Semi Mental on Puzzle. Um, it's a bit. It's heavy. Um, yeah. I know, it's just make, like oh, it's heavy, so it's better. But it's, it is better. Yeah, do you? It was like the first sort of proper like rocky like Biffy song like on the album by that point. But considering it's like track seven, that's kind of not a great thing. Yeah, it's. It is one of the only, like, really kind of rocky songs on it all the way through, and that's the thing it is. I think it's actually the only song in the full album that is, like, just a heavy track all the way through. Every, every other one that's heavy has heaviness and bits, whereas that one is just, you know, mm. start to finish. Kind of, like I say, it reminds me of Semimental, but also, uh, do you ever listen to the deluxe edition of Ellipsis? Like, I don't know if that's the one that kind of was getting sold in shops or on Spotify or whatever. I think, was that the one that had, um, and the name of the wee man on it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would, exactly what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that. It's got like really dense kind of guitars, mm-hmm. and like the the pump, like the drums just kind of go like pummel all the way through it, and the bass is so like high up in the mix. It's quite ominous, and it pushes the whole thing forward, even when it gets a bit mathy with mm. the guitars. It's, oh, it's so good. Do you know the bit in the second third of the song where everything kind of drops back, and mm. it's just the bass? Yeah, it actually reminded me a bit of Tool. Or something like that, like Ooh, very kind of lumbering, kind of almost proggy bass line. It was just unexpected, but in the best way. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes into like a really like mosh like section after that, 
which is just it's going to be so good live when gigs you know eventually happen again yeah I think this, I think this was the single to kind of reassure fans like after instant history like the ones that like the sort of older stuff is like look somebody it's going to be like this so enjoy yeah I think that <laughs> like I say I think that was deliberate from the band I think they were like that oh we're going to put out instant history and then we're going to put out this like straight after it just to like confuse people yeah but, it weirdly reminds me of Bring Me Thud uh, the Horizon but, like, their last album where the first one was like oh fuck we're doing this again and then they brought it like a heavier one so it's like oh what are they actually going to do so, yeah. Although th- although this went slightly better, I would say. <laughs> yeah, like I'm obviously going to agree with that. Um, <laughs> oh, I meant to say, I meant to say earlier when we we're talking about uh, Instant History, how this is the second album that has been produced by this guy called Rich Costey, who's done bands like uh, Sugar Ross, uh, Frank Turner, Muse, Foster the People. I feel like at like Ellipsis was obviously kind of the same in that the production didn't really make them sound as you know like or like a rock band mm. like it kind of dulls down the distortion and a lot of the tracks here even in the heavier songs it kind of you know like before when they had their old guy who's called garth richardson and he did like try to think like puzzle only revolutions those ones um mm-hmm. and how those ones sound huge but they also still sound like a like big rock yeah. songs you know like big stadium rock songs whereas an ellipsis and this one some of the songs just they kind of sound poppy but without any of the like massive poppiness <laughs> I hope yeah. makes some sense, but yeah, they say that they should be louder. Yeah, like it's just mixed really oddly. Um, just kind of just doesn't sound right to my ears. But I think somebody pointed that out to me, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I think the production on this album has a lot to do with that, as opposed to just the songwriting, mm. because there is some really good songs on this. I find uh, the intro track "North and No South" is kind of odd, but I I, I didn't get it at first but it's kind of grown on me a lot it's like opens dead kind of slowly and then kind of builds into something a bit heavier and a bit bigger it's yeah. a weird opening track it's like something that you would put at the end of an al- or at the middle or end of an album as opposed to at the start but it does kind of work in this album i think i don't know i wasn't too big on it because it's one of those tracks i thought after the first listen i was like i'll, I'll probably listen to this a few more times i'll end up liking it but every time i've went back to it, i'm just kind of like eh, meh it's just kind of standard biffy i mean and yeah th- that's that's fair like the first couple of times i listened to it i, I thought i thought that as well but the last few tri- times i've listened to it it's been better to me for some reason i don't know why plus i think like even going back to like earlier albums like it Openers like we have like different people. You have those oh, of winter stinging bell. It's like it's kind of hard to sort of top that. <laughs> it it yeah. doesn't really match up to the sort of other openers that they've had. Yeah, that's it. Does make it quite different because most other albums they have like a you know just a really big song to open like a uh, mm. is a problem because everything dies just really dramatic and like in your face. This yeah. one kind of builds, but like different people builds as well. But that kind of bursts more than this one does but yeah um it's kind of it's still kind of it starts with that kind of mathy thing that biffy used to do like early biffy so i think that's what people kind of like more about this album is there is still that kind of math rock Mm -hmm. thing that they've not had and especially in ellipsis but Mm -hmm. probably for the last while um i think it's 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 decent i'm curious to know what you think about the next song which was the champ Jim. Jim's kind of a weird one for me because the first, like, I, I I really like like the intro for it, like when it's just like Simon and Neil just kind of singing it, but when it goes into the, the actual tune, I kind of, I, I feel kind of disappointed. I feel like it kind of could have been like bigger, but the more I've listened to it, the more I kind of like it, but it's still, it's just one of those ones I think could be improved with like a bit of work. Yeah, like for me, weirdly enough, it's probably the opposite. Like the start is a bit weird to me and then it gets better. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah, um, it kind of goes jazzy, like, um, <laughs> 
Like, do you remember the song Trumpet or Tap that was on uh, Opposites? It was like so you. jazzy. Um, you, you'll know it if you, you you like listen to it. You'll go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But also, it kind of reminds me of like Devin Townsend. See when like all the kind of weird kind of like str- I don't even know if there's like strings or brass instruments in this song. I think there is, but it's just these weird kind of weird chirpy things that come in, and it makes me think of like Devin, like just his most kind of weird, you know, like these big grand weird orchestra songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, it, it did kind of catch me off guard. This song, see when it kind of jumps from the kind of gentle bit at the start, and then it goes to kind of a heavier sound. It did. I was like, why? Why? Mm. Why is this like the second? It doesn't feel like a second track either. It feels like something that should be near the end. Again, the order of this album is a bit, a bit yeah. strange. It's a bit of a weird one. Although I do like the the lyrics of it, you know, because it's kind of it kind of goes with like our kind of views, you know, like having to deal with what the people saying. Oh, things are better in our day, and it's just like, nah, just shut. Up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's something I was going to mention later on, but like the lyrics on The Champ are better than some of the other lyrics that are on this album. Oh, I know uh, what song you're talking about. <laughs> well, one song in particular, but like just throughout it, um, when they were writing the album, I think Simon was interviewed, um, kind of asking what the album's going to be about and things, and he was saying how this album was going to be the first one where he kind of goes outside of just his own personal life and goes into society and politics and things. And mm. some bands that's good for. I mean, Biffy, I don't really know if that is... I, I don't think that works as well for them, or at least not the way that it's been done on this album. Um, <laughs> I said it. In fairness, they have to, like, they've tackled like religion before, you know, like God and Satan, so I suppose politics isn't too yeah. much different. <laughs> but the thing was, like, on God and Satan, it was more, like, kind of shrouded in metaphor, and it was a bit, like, abstract, whereas on this album, they just, it, it just, his lyrics are very, like, upfront, and no flowery language or anything, it's just, like, saying what he thinks, but it just mm. doesn't, sometimes it does come across a bit, like, Bono or something, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> Very political man. <laughs> yeah, like it's trying to be profound, but it just kind of sounds a bit cringy. I'll, I'll get to that later because there's some like specific examples I have of it, but there are like better songs. I think the next two songs, like are again two singles, Weird Leisure and Tiny Indoor Fireworks. These ones are just massive songs, almost typical Biffy songs, but yeah, not in a bad way. Like, you know, when mm. Biffy can do like the some of the biggest songs that you hear and just triumphant feeling songs that you just know that everybody will sing along to live i suppose i don't know it's just that i've had like five or six listens of this album like to get for this and those are two just two of the tracks i just don't like almost don't remember at all is that because like we're only revolutions like after a few listens like i could remember what each track was like because they're all kind of different but in this i just felt like they're all just kind of just standard biffy rock tracks with not much going on that's so weird to me like these two well the two of them that are for me they're just like some of the most catchy songs on the, the album like that's why they're singles i feel like but that's just so weird. Like to I, me, they I, just seem like they they are like. I think I think it is just me though because I'm just a big metal guy now. Like even earlier, I was just trying to listen to more Biffy just to kind of get in the mood. Like while I was working, and just because work was annoying, me end up just switching to Cannibal Corpse. So I think it's just me. <laughs> yeah, but like you ca- you can't deny that like even like Biffy's older songs that are like you know mm-hmm. huge, like ones on Only Revolutions. <laughs> They're more similar to those kind of songs than they are, like, you know, the likes of The Champ. Mm. I suppose yeah. 
the champ is slightly more memorable, I thought, but that's more, I think that's more just for the intro than anything else, but I don't know. The, the other two tracks just didn't stand out as much for me. That's fair. It's just weird, though, just that I feel like I like, expected you to agree with me on those two songs, or at least um, Tiny End of Fireworks. I think Tiny End of Fireworks is huge. Like, I think that'll yeah. be on their set list for years. Mm. Just wait till we get to light on the album, you're going to be even more surprised. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but... <sighs> but, yeah, um... I, I do think that on Tiny Indoor Fireworks, there is a, there is a line on it that just kind of doesn't work for me. It's like the one that you see the bit that goes like, oh, you're picking up the pieces, you're stepping off the ghost train. I don't know if you know what that is, but mm-hmm. it's basically, it's during the chorus and it's kind of clunky. I don't know why it just doesn't work in my brain, like the way he's, he's put that together. Um, mm-hmm. I think like it'll probably become very clear quite quickly that I think the issues in this album are to do with production, but also the lyrics and the vocals, which for Biffy is a bit of a problem because, you know, his vocals are so at the front of things and with, you know, the strong accent and things, it just makes things a bit more obvious when they don't work properly. Yeah, just to me, like, there's just bits and pieces, like, um, throughout the album that just don't seem to work lyrically. Mm. I, I'm, I know I'm kind of a lyric person, but other than that, I do think Tiny Indoor Fireworks is huge. <laughs> like, I was going to say, um, to me, it feels it's like one of those like magic songs, <laughs> but then it reminded me of like there's a part in the song where it's like, never want to spoil an illusion, abracadabra. And again, <laughs> every time he says that, my brain just goes, like, I can't, I don't know if I want to cringe or laugh. It's just the way he says it. Abracadabra. You're like, why? Why? Why is I, that there? I think that's the same bit because there's a line that says, looking for a new revolution. And every time I heard that, it sounds almost exactly like another Biffy song, but I can't put yeah. my finger on what exactly what it sounds like. It has really annoyed me. Uh, it'll probably come back to you. Like, yeah. when you see them live or something, you go, oh, it's from like, oh, it's from Puzzle or something. But yeah, like, um, the next, couple of songs is probably the worst kind of part of the album for me the next two songs or is it three I so, yeah. yeah um worst type of best possible is when you were saying about songs being not memorable mm-hmm. this one <laughs> this one to me <laughs> is so forgettable like uh even when i was listening to it today just before recording this um i could barely remember any of it it's just doesn't build to anything it doesn't do anything really exciting it kind of just stays on the one level all the way through um other than the kind of really there's like a really heavy riff at the start and then it comes back in again at the end but then in between it's just kind of like very morose kind of meh yeah i mean um because obviously like it like I said, with weird leisure and fireworks, I wasn't big on them. So worst type of best possible is just probably like the lowest point of like the three of them for me. So yeah. it was I think that's the point where I almost like gave up on the album the first time I was listening because just like I'm not going to enjoy the rest of this. But then the next song came along and kind of changed it for me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, right, we'll just go in. We'll just go into that then uh, to get this out of the way. Space is a ballad. So. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, I mean, like, Biffy are, they're not strangers to, like, writing ballads. Um, you know, they've had loads of them throughout the career, but, uh, this one, I just, it's just too, too much. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I, you know me, I like a good power ballad. Um, I'm not, like, opposed to bands mm. showing, like, emotion or being cheesy, but. Yeah, given one, that, given that you introduced me to reason to live by kiss, I can say that. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I think I'll be trying to wrestle this in my brain, like over the last couple of weeks. I think the reason why I like Power Ballads so much is because they're both cheesy and extravagant. This song is just cheesy and it just doesn't, uh, it's so, it's so sappy and I, I can't get on board with the lyrics at all on this one. They're just so, like, like cliche 
teenager writing a song for their classroom crush is oh god like i wrote down like some of the lyrics on it like i get lost so i follow the light to your heart there's always a space in my heart for you uh i'm still caught in your gravity i just it's just every time i hear them i'm just like this could be a decent song like musically it's not bad but every time like those lyrics i just my eyes start rolling in my head when I when I hear them. <sighs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's probably my third favorite track on the album. <laughs> it's my least favorite. Well, no, it's not my least favorite. It's my second least favorite after Instant History. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was kind of like, oh, this isn't imaginative for for like them. But it's one of those ones that kind of like gets stuck in your head. And after a while, I just ended up like enjoying it. Even like walking in the HMV, like I said to you, and they were blasting it. I was just like, oh yeah, this song's pretty cool. And that's something that I wrote down is that it kind of it does remind me of Rearrange that was on uh, ellipsis and that it will just probably get played in shops and from my experience of working in morrison's and having to hear rearrange like once every couple of weeks i was just like please no like this is a band that i really really love but i just do not like this song it is I do love rearrange. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like that explains so much. I no, mean, I, I, just... I, I know he tries to sing that high note and sounds like a goal getting kicked up the ass, but it's, it's still a pretty good song. <laughs> I need to listen to that just. To... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's definitely cheesy. I mean, like fucking Wallace and Gromit had less cheese, but I kind of enjoy that. I'm not even a romantic guy, like you know me. I'm not romantic in like the slightest, but I don't know for some reason songs like this, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Even Ed Sheeran gets me sometimes. I don't know why. It just happens. Who knows? Who, you like really bad um, romantic songs. You're not even yeah. on the you're not even on the good level of romantic. This I is mean, this is where you're at. I mean, there's like Forever by Kiss. That's a bad one, but I enjoy it. You know, that's not bad. That's good actually. <laughs> yeah, I think we're yeah, just I think we just have different uh, <laughs> different levels of, of Kiss. That. Yeah, like I was going I was going to say like this kind of thing just feels too Disney to me. Like I know you're you're into Disney and I'm not. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's a different it's a different form of cheese like. <laughs> And 80s cheese is very different from, like, Disney cheese. That's true. So, I mean, I can, I can go from listening to, like I say, Cannibal Corpse and then just go on YouTube and stick on, like, a, the Mulan soundtrack and just enjoy yeah. it. So that's, that's just I me. think that's probably <laughs> what it is then. You're just, like, you're, you're Disney cheese and I'm 80s cheese and this is not 80s <laughs> cheese. This is so Disney cheese. But yeah, um, yeah, space is not for me. Um, <laughs> But like to be fair, like I, I do have after this, um, you know how the other the other soft song on this album is opaque. Mm. Um, oh yeah, that one is far better for me. Like that, I, yeah, it, I do like it more. <laughs> it's you know like Biffy, like I say, they do ballads a lot, and this is when they do a ballad really well. This is kind of what it sounds like. It kind of reminds me of earlier Biffy stuff, like on like Machines on Puzzle or like yeah. Mid- yeah. even from that, Ellipsis, something like yeah. that. That's why I've got my notes as well. Is that it, it does sound a lot like Machines with that like acoustic guitar, yeah. but Machines is one of their best tracks, I think. So I was I was digging it. Yeah, I love Machines. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> again, it's like lyrics that actually resonate with you, as opposed to just making you go like, "Oh, that's so cliche." Like I think Opaque yeah. does that well as well. Like the lyrics are a lot better, and there's a lot kind of more going on. Even though it's instead of it being the piano up front, this time it's a. Uh, the acoustic guitar but it's also got the strings and kind of weird instruments going on and it kind of builds throughout the full song until mm. by the end there's just like loads going on but it's not overwhelming it's just a it's a really nice song but it's not like overly cheesy it's quite i wouldn't say sad but it's less you know yeah it's got more emotional space. depth there's yeah. more stuff to find like with like more lessons and like more ways you can interpret it where space is just kind of sort of one note but with this yeah. you can kind of go a few ways with it yeah definitely like again it's one of those tracks that has grown on me a lot as well. Like I did like it to start with. Like I was like, oh, this is definitely better than Space. But 
Mm-hmm. I actually do like it now. Like if I seen this live, I would really enjoy it. Like Medicine on Ellipsis was one of the best tracks on that album as well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Opaque comes after The Pink Limit. Is that anything? Right, so I've got them back to front in my notes just because I wanted to <laughs> do Space and then Opaque. But um, yeah, like the, the Pink Limit has the same problems for me as the worst type of best possible. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, it's just the way it's got spaced out as well because it's in between like a and the in between like a few tracks that have like their own sort of uniqueness but that just yeah. kind of goes back to like the first kind of few tracks and try to sound like them yeah that's that's pretty much exactly what i've written it just feels like it's an intro to another track as opposed to something that's good on its own yeah. um yeah again it's just bland like it just again doesn't go anywhere it just kind of stays it's got like a it does have like a more like a faster drum beat behind it and it tries to build to like a big chorus but it never really does it well it, it just kind of falls flat <laughs> yeah it's Again. just another skippable track essentially yeah <laughs> it's like even on a it's an album that's got about like 10 10 songs on it something like that and at least two of them are kind of meh yeah um yeah. this one and the worst type of best possible or the least interesting like i just skip yeah uh, <laughs> But, like, I've done the notes back to front, but the last song on the album is where things get quite interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Cop Syrup, which is a really good name. I don't know whether they always had called it that, but it's appropriate for now. <laughs> um, yeah, um, this is a pure, this is just mental. This is a mad track. It's um, probably my, fa- my favourite, to be honest. I love it. Yeah, like, I, it's definitely one that I really like on it. It took me a while to get into it, though, because I'd heard a lot of people saying, oh, Cop Syrup is really good, like, people that heard it beforehand. And I was like, okay, my expectations are really high. But after going through, you know, some of the meh tracks on this, I was like, oh, how good is it really going to be? Um, <laughs> but it's it's so early Biffy Clyro. It's like Infinity Land. I know you haven't really listened to it, but it's crazy um well, i know i know about jackie snake so it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on that level <laughs> yeah just it's he actually like he has he does scream on this album mm. but like obviously simon neal's like properly screaming on this it's like throat mm. shredding it's just like mad kind of chaotic noise at the mm. start and then he starts screaming like like he's actually just you know trying to throw up <laughs> and then and then that <laughs> see that with the woo bit yeah <laughs> like it's <laughs> It's like yeah, it's pretty mad. Ooh. <laughs> it's just gonna be so mental that live. Like it's so aggressive but also kind of like joyful at the same time. Just, yeah, that's that's gonna be a download one hundred percent. Um it's kinda it's just like walls of noise and then that it's the scream everybody bit. Like at first I thought it was a bit naff, but the more I've listened to it, it's just how how much he's putting into that bit where he's again his throat just sounds like he's going to just his voice box is going to come out of his mouth <laughs> um yeah it's got another like big chorus kind of mm. this kind of contrasts with that chaotic bit but it's everybody's just going to be bouncing along to that live yeah. like moving along with mental um yeah that's the contrast about the like the whole track that i do love like because obviously the first part is just like that massive sort of heavy bit but when it goes yeah. into like that more sort of like orchestral mel- melodic section i think it just it's so weird it's like it's one of those things i can just lie back and just enjoy just because it sounds lovely and then yeah. it just goes back to them screaming again it's just yeah like I, I obviously had written down like that like noisy bit is all it all kind of takes place in the first two minutes but then there's like another four and a half minutes of yeah 
like four minutes pretty much of like a kind of like post rock uh, kind of instrumental orchestra bit which they've not done that before like they have done you know dramatic orchestra kind of things but never to this extent where it's like over four minutes where everything just kind of gradually builds and it's like woodwind instruments it's strings and there's like instruments there that I don't even know what they're called. I don't know if it's like an organ or a harpsichord, but it just sounds quite old, like kind of mm. old time. It's very lush. Yeah, um, I'm just glad there's like no lyrics during that because I was waiting for like Simon to pop up and kind of slightly ruin it. But just the yeah. fact that let the music keep going just kind of makes it work. Yeah, and then like you say, just in the last what thirty seconds of it, it just comes back yeah. into that <laughs> heavy bit again, and you're like, you kind of forget that that happens because it's been yeah. like four, four minutes of instrumental you're like oh yeah that that happened at the start of the song like i actually had to look when i was re- uh, listening to it the first time i had to make sure it was the same track like, because see when it went into that instrumental bit i thought it was a different track i thought it was like a bonus track or something um yeah um and then it came obviously came back with a heavy bit again and i was like oh okay it's just the same track but yeah um again it is definitely one of the best songs on this album by uh, as we say some distance but there is, I do think there is other good tracks, but it's one of the most interesting. I'll put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Other than End Of, I think that, like, this is definitely the most interesting song on the album, which, yeah, this album was a bit of a roller coaster for me. Like I've said at the start, like, I have so much, like, love for this band, and pretty much mm-hmm. every album has been at least an 8 out of 10, other mm-hmm. than Ellipsis. So when I went into this, I was like, oh, please, please be good. <laughs> Um, and I still don't really know how exactly I feel about it. I know that I was really, I was quite disappointed when I listened to it um, to start with. At least compared to Balance Not Symmetry, which I thought was really good. I kind of thought this one was, I'd heard most of the good ones from the singles. And then mm-hmm. with the other stuff, it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, Instant History is a garbage for me. Like, um, but, <laughs> I don't uh, mind it too much. Yeah. Um, I've heard the kind of synth thing done a lot better by bands that can do it better. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, space again, not for me. Uh, there's just a few kind of meh tracks, and there's a few good tracks. It's a bit of a mixed bag, all in yeah. all. But like, kind of the same for me. Like, I can listen to it, but there's just a few. If I was just uh, to sort of go through it, I'd probably end up skipping a few tracks. Yeah, like I think it's still a step up from Ellipsis. Um, Ellipsis is still probably the weakest album that they've done. Uh, again, there was a few decent songs on that. But I think this one at least has some more kind of interesting weird parts as opposed to just mm-hmm. like oh here's a kind of bland song that pretty much any rock band could do oh with like a blast beat in it for five seconds um, at least this one feels like it's Biffy Clyro writing an album even if it isn't to their highest standard <laughs> yeah I don't know I think I think I'd put Ellipsis slightly higher than it that's just me just because I like a few of the singles off it more you know like rearrange medicine moves of winter howl but apart from that that's fair. Like, I, I was kind of, there. again, I was wrestling with this in my head when I first listened to this. I did kind of think maybe Ellipsis is better. Kind of with time, I've kind of went, yeah, I think mm. this one is better, but it's not. There's people out there that have been saying that this album is the best album since Puzzle, and I just, yeah. I just don't understand that. <laughs> I don't, I don't get where the thinking on that comes from. Like, if they think that the, you know, the ballads on Only Revolutions or the pop songs on, like, Opposites were too much. I don't get why this album would be better because it has those parts, it has the ballads, and it has the kind of cheesy pop uh, parts. So I don't understand why this one is better than 
only revolutions or opposites. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, weird, just, that's a weird flex. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, only revolutions and opposites both have really weird songs as well. Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, I think it's because they have maybe some heavier songs on them. But even then, Only Revolutions has like Shock Shock and like, uh, mm. you know, the go- that golden rule. I don't, I just, I don't understand. But uh, yeah, different, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. I think um, it's because, I think it's because that's when Biffy mainly came into the mainstream because of like many of horror and stuff like that. So that's probably when people kind of soured on them a little bit. Like that was their blackout. But uh, again, that just, I, if it's not about the music, I don't understand why you would have that opinion. Like this song has space on it. This this song, this album has space <laughs> on it. You can't exactly say that that is, you know, so 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 much better than like God and Satan. Um, yeah. <laughs> just uh, people are weird. Um, <laughs> I think they see, they like cop setup and they like end of, and it's like, oh, this album's so much better. Uh, I, like on the plus side, kind of wrapping all this up. On the plus side, I did just read that Simon Neal was getting interviewed, uh, kind of like last month, and he said that he wants to release four albums this year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but it, this is what will get this will this will perk your ears up. He said that he wants to release uh, a Marmaduke Duke album, which isn't really what you'd be interested in, but he also wants to release a drone album. Mm. And uh, extreme metal album. Okay, that'll be interesting. Especially like Napalm Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Napalm Death. That's literally what it said. I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll listen to that. Like, I don't know if it'll be any good, but you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I don't trust multiple releases after Green Day's Uno Those Tres fiasco. So who knows? I mean, like Biffy <laughs> usually release like B sides every year anyway. So I'm just taking it as that. And also, they have a lot of time in their hands. That's very true. <laughs> like, again, like, I think, and also the B-sides to this, they want to release B-sides, so I will be interested to hear what B-sides to this album sounds like, because if they're as weird as, like, Cop Syrup is, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> nah, this is okay. I would give it a recommendation, but only a slight one. Nothing yeah. major. Again, I think it does depend on where you kind of stand with Biffy as a band. Like, if mm. you just like the early stuff, I don't really see that you would like, you know, adore this. But also mm. at the same time, if you're just into the later day stuff, I feel like you probably would be able to get this, but it's still a wee bit not as good. It's not as high a quality. I know you've got a friend that is into like later day Biffy. I think you said I... he was into later day Biffy, but he really likes this album and it might be one of his favourites. He loves all Biffy, so. Yeah, right. still, still it's still <laughs> odd to me that people would put this so high up. I think <laughs> it's kind of like me with Iron Maiden. It's, it's just kind of like that kind of level of fandom where it's just like everything just needs to be that level of good. Oh yeah, but I think it's like I would probably say that I'm a wee bit like that with this band, but mm. I still wouldn't say that something is really, really, really good when it when it's not as good as other things. I, I don't know. People. He's, he's also a massive Blink fan, so if you want to like crap on them as well, go for that. <laughs> uh, like. Again, like self promotion, but if you want to check out what I wrote about the last Blink One Eight Two album, then yeah, I was not too kind on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, fans, I remember that. <laughs> fans need to like get producers that work for them and not try to, you know, write a song that gets on the charts. Yep. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's. I think that's going to wrap us up for this month. I think next month, hopefully, we'll. We'll get more albums done next month when my life isn't so like, oh yeah, college. Um, 
Yeah, yes, but um, I think there's, I don't know, if, no, was it this month or was it next? I think next month's the ones where like there's a ton of like good releases coming out, like Napalm Death and stuff like that, so should yeah. be fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll try and get some like stuff written up on the website as well if anybody wants to check that out. But yeah, um, we'll hopefully be, at least we'll, we will do a podcast next month, I just don't know how much is going to be in it, but we'll always do something next month. So yeah, we'll be back next month. Bye. See us.